We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, this is the Guilty as Charged podcast where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media including our Patreon account where as little as $1 gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, happy to be here again on a Thursday. We are recording this right at halftime of the Cardinals and Seahawks game and uh, excited for this weekend. I think that mock draft we did yesterday kind of, uh, you know, charged up my batteries a little bit and, and I'm happy to be here with Alex. Alex, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good today. We've had about four days since the last uh, Chargers disappointment. So it's been it's been four days with no accidents. <laughs> it's been you know all things considered it's been a you know relatively quiet week for the chargers on the injury front which is always you know good news and uh you know we'll, we'll definitely get to that later on um i think we should start with our game picks this week alex has officially surpassed me i've been one and two the last few weeks and it finally caught up uh so alex has a one game lead on me and so alex what are your three picks for this weekend all right, so for this weekend, I'm going to go with the Pats over the Texans. Uh, I could see the Texans winning this game, but I think the Pats are going to go on a little bit of a run uh, at the end here. They've been playing pretty good the last couple weeks. I'll also go Saints over the Falcons. Um, I guess we're TBD on who the starter is for that game. Uh, but for now, I'll go with the Saints, assuming it's Jameis Winston. Uh, 
either way, honestly, Atlanta just is not, is not consistent game to game. Uh, so it's tough to really gauge that one. Uh, but I, and I'll also go Titans over the Ravens. Um, I, I think when you're playing a team like Tennessee, I think you need that, uh, offensive line help. And I think you need that defensive depth. And those are two things that Baltimore is kind of struggling with this year, uh, especially on the offensive line, uh, which has prevented them from getting the, uh, great ground game they had last year. So, and that one I'll take Tennessee right. over Baltimore. Uh, and, yeah, Pats over the Texans, Saints over the Falcons. Yeah, the the Ravens, man, they just – it's the, all the injuries up front. They uh, they miss Marshall Yonda a lot. And, you know, yeah. Ronnie Stanley going out and now Nick Boyle. So, been a, been a tough couple of weeks in terms of injuries for the Ravens. And, you know, I agree with you. I, I think the Titans will win that as well. So, I'm going to take the Browns over the Eagles. Um <laughs> I think this is finally the week that the Eagles lose that stranglehold on first place in the division. Um, I'm going to take the Washington football team over the Bengals, and then I'm going to take the Packers over the Colts, which I think the Packers and Colts is probably going to be the game of the afternoon, or I think that might be the morning game, actually. Um, But I'm excited to see that game. You know, Aaron Rodgers getting Alan Alan Lazard back. Uh, I know Devontae Adams is, is questionable right now, but... You know, seeing him go up against the Colts defense is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you mentioned the Texans. I think, you know, just pointing this out in terms of the draft, I think everybody needs to come together and, and uh, pray for some Texans wins. You know, especially if you're one of those fans that want the Chargers to end up with Penny Sewell, I can guarantee you if the, if the Texans get ahead of the Chargers, which means the Dolphins would take uh, that pick, I think the Dolphins would definitely take Penny Sewell. Uh, and not be one of those teams that trade back. So uh, if you're looking for a secondary team to root for in the next couple weeks, root for the Texans to win some games. And uh, we should get some clarity in terms of draft order in the next couple weeks because, you know, the Washington football team, the Cowboys, they all play each other in the next couple weeks. Uh, You know, the Bengals have some some games against, uh, you know, the Dolphins as well. So we should get some clarity in terms of draft order. And obviously the Chargers, you know, depending on which side you're on, they need to take care of their own business, <laughs> whether you're, you're a draft order fan or a, or a wins fan, you know, the upcoming couple of weeks for the, the chargers is pretty crucial. So uh, let's get to this injury report for the chargers. I think the biggest new news obviously is that Joey Bosa has uh cleared concussion protocol. Were you able to listen to his, his uh, press conference today at all? Yeah, I was able to listen to some of it. Uh, seemed like he was, you know, just, Concussions are just uh, really tough on athletes, and it seemed like he kind of went through that phase. Uh, he mentioned kind of being uh, depressed, uh, and it's just a total uh, mood killer when that happens to you. And you also want to be um, as safe as you can possibly be, right? Because, uh, you know, once a player has too many concussions, as we've seen with uh, several uh, athletes over the course of the NFL, um it's just it could be a career killer as we've seen with Jordan Reed and plenty of other guys uh, around the league. So um, you know I think Bosa was totally right to kind of uh, be concerned and uh, I'm happy that the team took caution. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know missing two weeks is becoming a little more common with concussions. Um, Ali Marpet for the Buccaneers was kind of going through the same thing, but. You know, I think there's still this kind of stigma surrounding concussions that a lot of people don't understand really how bad they are. And 
Uh, I had five from from football in in middle school and high school. They are no fun. My last one kind of left me in my. I had to be shut in my room for like three weeks. So, you know, I know firsthand how tough they can be. And and I think Joey really talking about that kind of issue and and how it was affecting his mental health was huge. I think you know this stigmatism of of mental health and how important it is is becoming more common. And I think. Uh, having professional athletes like Joey uh, speak out about it is always is always good news. Um, the other big news was that Chris Harris has been uh, designated to return off of injured reserve, as well as Osmar Bilal, which will should help in, in terms of special teams. Um, but the Chris Harris one is interesting. I don't know. I don't think he's going to play next week. I think he might play the week after that. You know, we kind of saw the pattern that the chargers like to follow in terms of injuries while well, they'll do, they'll do have him do uh, individual drills this week, have some limited practices next week. And then the week after that, they'll ramp him up into full practices. And uh, obviously Chris Harris returning would help this secondary a lot. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chris Harris is such a big deal um, and he's been really what they missed in the secondary because then you know, you have to slot over Michael Davis, um, who, who's been better, but I, I still don't trust with the full CB2 role. And then you add in the fact that they tried to Desmond King. Uh, so there's been shifting there. So getting Chris Harris back to play sort of a both CB2 and slot uh, to some extent would be so helpful for this team. Um, it takes some of the pressure off of Michael Davis so he can go back to uh, kind of how he was playing earlier in the season prior to the Harris injury. So uh, it, you know, it's big that they activated the 21 day window. So hopefully he's back next week. That's kind of optimistic, but definitely probably in two weeks from now. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's still a lot of fans who are like, Oh, he should be shut down for the rest of the season. It's like players want to play players need to get paid. You know, so much of their contracts are not guaranteed. And so, uh, you know, you got to earn some money through incentives. And I think Chris Harris is, is 100% going to come back later in the year. Same with Austin Eckler. Uh, who probably is going to be back in you know in a limited fashion in two weeks, so we can maybe see him play the last three or four games, um, which would be awesome as well. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, which I haven't even paid attention to, I don't know if it was ever really talked about, Brandon Faison, um, who is Casey Hayward and Michael Davis's primary backup, is still on the COVID list, um, which is why we've been seeing Quentin Meeks uh, be elevated from the practice squad the last couple weeks. Uh, and Casey Hayward had a limited practice today. I don't know what's going on there. He's listed with an ankle injury. Uh, if Hayward can't go and Brandon Faison, you know, is not able to get off the COVID list, then we could be looking at Quentin Meeks being a starter, which would obviously not be a good thing for a team going up against a winless Jets uh, organization. Um, it, I guess starting Quentin Meeks would be uh, symbolic of what Chargers Jets would really be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't happy with Quinton Meeks last week jumping offside and costing the Chargers another four points um, when he uh, jumped offside on that field goal and then the Dolphins drive down the extra it was 20 yards. So bad. Score a touchdown. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it's one thing for Quinton Meeks' error on special teams. Um, it's bad for Quinton Meeks' errors the whole game. So I, I ultimately think Casey will play. Uh, it doesn't seem like this is something that's too serious, or at least that hasn't been communicated that way. Um, so I would say he plays. I don't think we have to go to the worst 
uh, scenario yet with, you know, potentially Brandon Faison and him out. But we'll see how that uh, develops over the course of the next couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one that I want to talk about here is Tyrod Taylor. He's been a DNP, did not practice the last couple of days, with, and he's listed with a rib injury again. So um, no one's really said anything about that. You know, unfortunately, he is the backup quarterback, so I don't know if we're going to get an update there. But, you know, him popping back up on the injury report, I just feel bad for him more than anything else. You know, it just seems like this rib injury is just not something that he can fully get over this year. Yeah, um, I wonder what it – yeah, it might just be, you know, pain uh, from, you know, the first initial rib injury. I don't rem- – I, I mean, I guess he took a little bit of a hit on the two-point conversion in the Raiders game, uh, but it wasn't like a, a big hit or something. Um, so it's it's probably honestly just lingering pain. Um you know, it's unfortunate if he can't go, but this team has put a lot of confidence uh, in Easton Stick as the backup, uh, <laughs> which I don't necessarily share. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's it's just been that way for Tyrod all season, unfortunately. Uh, so, I mean, this team is, is probably just going to roll with Herbert. Um, and hopefully if they roll with Herbert, he, he could take the hits and we don't get any uh, unnecessary snaps from... Uh, any other potential quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I do not want to see any Easton Stick experiments this week, especially not two <laughs> plays in a row. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's move on to the Jets a little bit. I think obviously you know you got to start with the quarterback situation. Uh, Sam Darnold is out. He has not practiced in the last couple weeks, and um, they there was a tweet that I saw that said that they've kind of shifted gears where they're not going to rush him back. They're going to take their time and and. Uh, AKA they're tanking. So uh, Joe Flacco is going to get the start. Uh, there was some nice foreshadowing from Fernando Ramirez saying that in one of his last starts in Denver, Joe Flacco beat the chargers in Los Angeles. Um, thanks to Cortland Sutton kind of ripping our hearts out. Other than that, really it's, you know, it's some role players. Mikai Becton should make his return to, uh, into return to the field. He's been a full participant. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun seeing him go up against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and as well as in Jenna Nwosu. Frank Gore was a late ad. It says not injury related, but he did not practice today. So um, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I know Frank Gore, obviously he's like 38 years old, but you know, he's, he's still their best running back. And so if he doesn't play, I think uh, that definitely helps the chargers very poor run defense in, in at least in a little bit. Yeah, I think Frank Gore not playing would help. Um, I don't know if it helps that much because the Jets probably aren't going to get anything off the ground, especially <laughs> with, with no Le'Veon Bell anymore. Um, I, I think that that's kind of... I, I just don't think they're going to be able to establish much of a run game. Granted, if there was one game where Frank Gore was going to have you know 70 yards and have a touchdown, it would be this one. Uh, against the Chargers, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. yeah. <laughs> but um, I think Flacco is an interesting kind of variable because he sort of found himself uh, a little bit last week in that game against the Patriots. Through for seventy-two percent completion, hundred twenty-eight passer rating, uh, three touchdowns, one pick. Um, that you know, and the Chargers didn't play well against him last year uh, when he was with the Broncos, as you just mentioned. Uh, it, it's Maybe it would be a little less concerning for me if they were playing Darnold, uh, 
just because Darnold has like a, a predisposition to th- you know turning over the ball a lot, whereas Flacco is is a bit more yeah. protective of the football, um, a little less reckless, and he's also not quite a game manager, right? He, as we saw in that Jet, uh, Jets Patriots game, he can air it out, uh, whether it's to Rashad Perriman, uh, someone else on the you know Jets offense, uh, so I, I don't really feel confident in this game in terms of the quarterback position just because it's not Darnold playing. Um I I think Flacco Flacco could do some things and I, I don't think it's gonna be, you know, um an amazing game for him. Probably not as good as the Patriots game. But with this Chargers defense, it's like you really only need a couple defensive lapses where maybe they aren't playing as well in certain throws and um, that's what can beat them. I mean, Tua Tungabailoa, you know, had some awesome throws last week, but he didn't really play amazing. It was just, you know, hey, you know, we're going to beat you on a couple throws and then probably run it the rest of the game because you guys can't stop the run. Um, yeah. Could Joe Flacco do the same thing? I don't know. I don't think so because I don't, I don't think the Jets <laughs> have the same offensive line and, and same running back uh, situation. Frank Gore is uh, a little bit older than uh, Salvin Ahmed. But um, just a just a little, a little bit, <laughs> just a twinge. Uh, but I, I don't think they're going to establish the ground game. But I, I think there are ways to kind of work around that for the Jets and just hope defensively with Joey back, uh, they can get pressure and they can you know find ways to rattle Joe Flacco. And uh, of course, we're at the point in the season where we're talking about getting enough pressure on Joe Flacco. <laughs> um, that's, that's just where we are, aren't we? Um, but yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I do feel confident in the game. I do, I do think the Chargers will win this game and finally get that win. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with Joe Flacco. And even if the Jets are tanking, I don't know. I, I just don't see this being a super good matchup for them at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think that's I think that's spot on. I think this is is very similar to how I feel about or how I felt about the Jaguars game, where that you know the Jaguars had enough offensive talent to maybe keep it a little more interesting than than people thought. Vegas is giving the Chargers I think nine and a half or maybe eight and a half points right now, so um, it's definitely a game that the Chargers should win. And really, I think the the biggest injury news for the Jets is that they put they uh, they put Brian Poole, their starting nickel corner, on injury reserve due to a shoulder injury, and they cut uh, what's his name Pierre Desir on Monday. So their their cornerback room is is thin as is, and you know I think this is a good spot for Justin Herbert uh, to kind of make up some ground. I I, I don't want to say he had a rough game. It was it was. Just kind of an average game last week. He still counted for the three touchdowns, obviously, but um, yeah, I think this this game for Justin should be a much easier matchup given the state of the Jets secondary. But like you mentioned, you know Joe Flacco, he's certainly capable of putting up numbers on occasion, and, and the Patriots defense is certainly much better, at least in the secondary, than what the Chargers currently have. So uh, we'll see. He's been very up and down in his career, and so. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if this is kind of the game that the Chargers finally figure out how to create some turnovers. They should have had two or three last week, but uh, suddenly couldn't catch. So uh, this could be a game where the Chargers defense comes up with a few turnovers. It could also be a game in which Joe Flacco airs it out and, and 
and makes the Chargers' lack of depth in the secondary very, very obvious given their offensive weapons. Yeah, um, you mentioned Justin Herbert kind of having pressure on him uh, in this game given the Jets' secondary. I honestly think Justin Herbert has pressure on him in this game given the state of his head. Um, I, I mean, that's a, it's a big storyline coming into this one, you know, he's, he's done for whatever it is, 19 touchdowns and six picks, uh, <laughs> you know, before the haircut. So he's going to be judged pre haircut and post haircut, uh, in his rookie campaign. So it's, it's going to be a big game for him here. Um, yeah, I do think Justin Herbert will have a much easier time throwing the ball. Uh, I hope he connects, uh, on Jalen Guyton with maybe a big touchdown, uh, I think that can kind of get the offense going again. I, obviously, he's going to link up with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, for this game with Herbert, I'd just like to see him uh, do what he was doing. Uh, really, I would say through the Broncos game, which is uh, getting all those guys uh, involved, whether it's you know Donald Parham, Jalen Guyton. Uh, you know, it's kind of slagged off a bit on the last couple weeks where, you know, he might kind of just be going to, you know, some combination of Keenan Mike and uh, Hunter Henry for most of the game. But uh, I'd like to see a little bit more variety because I think that was actually kind of what favored Herbert uh, a bit in those last couple weeks. So I'd like to see uh, Parham and Guyton, uh, some of those other guys uh, get involved if they can. Um, Hopefully we don't give another 23 touches to, Kalen Balaj, but uh, it's tough because I definitely see why they want to run on the Jets, and there's definitely a better argument to be made for running on the Jets than the Dolphins. Yes. But you got to let Herbert air it out in this one, I think, uh, just because he's at home, uh, going to be decent weather. Just let him air it out and obviously give some touches to Balaj, but not 20 touches. I do not want to see... 20 plus touches for any Chargers running back that is not named Austin Eckler, unless the Chargers get up like 28 points or something in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, if barring, they're leading, then sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, but barring that, um, I, I really don't want to see them lean on Balage. Uh, and as, as I mentioned last podcast, it, you know, it's a little unfair to Balage for him to have this much responsibility you know as a practice squad running back and he has to pick up all these blocking schemes and take all this responsibility um you know so just let herbert air it out uh and see what he can do uh also go to balage and go to troy main pope and go to josh kelly when you need to um but i definitely want to see more of an emphasis on uh herbert establishing the tone in the game yeah absolutely i I think that's spot on i think for me you know, that was going to be like the first key of my key of the game to me is, is how does this offense bounce back? Because, you know, we saw in in the Jacksonville game and then in the Denver game and in in the Raiders game, it was kind of trending towards being a little more pass happy. And that's how it should be. Honestly, you know, you throw to set up the run in, in the modern age of football, you don't run to set up the throw. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way that the league is, is trending. And, you know, Warren Sharp posted this great video that, you know, the first down passes for Justin Herbert were averaging like eight yards an attempt and had a crazy high success rate against Miami. But their runs on first down were like two and a half yards per carry and just were not it was not getting the job done. And so when you're playing a team like the Jets, when you're playing a team like the Dolphins, excuse me, who, who is hyper aggressive, 
you can't set up your rookie quarterback in third and long situations because that's setting him up to fail. And that's ultimately what happened. So to me this week, you got to get, you got to give Herbert a little more responsibility. I would love to see them do more RPOs this week. They only ran uh, like three or four that Justin actually threw last week. And I think they should be doing that way more often because they're, they're, it's such a good way to keep defenses honest. And that, that opens up things for the running game. It makes things easier for the running game later on in the game if you're doing those those plays more often so you know this offense and the game plan the game plan specifically needs to open up more often and and, you know be more creative in the passing game if they really want to run the ball effectively because i think if you're just you know running up the middle all these times when the chargers strong suit up front is not they don't have a great interior offensive line so i know kaylin balazs is is 6-2-230 but you know, they're not generating a ton of push. And so the yards that they are getting is just because Balazs is big. And so to me, just running it up the middle like they were last week is, is not a smart game plan. And so if, if they, if they really want to beat the Jets, which I can't believe this is a, is even a thing, they have to let Justin Herbert cook. And, and I'm kind of getting sick of that, that saying now, but it's kind of overkill, but it really is true. I think Justin Herbert has to throw the ball 35, 40 times for them to, be competitive in games. And last week he only had 30. So, you know, this, this game plan needs to go back to the direction that it was before the dolphins game. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I can't believe we're saying that Justin Herbert has to throw 40 times to beat the jets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> imagining just telling someone that before the season, uh, uh just absurd, but, um, no, I, I totally agree. I think they got to air it out. Um, in terms of some other things I'd like to see in this game, oh, um, I'd really just like to see the defense ha- have a good game <laughs> like in, in terms of the secondary. Um, yeah. The secondary did okay last week. They didn't really have many chances to screw it up because Salvin Ahmed was just running like the whole second half. Um, but it, this is as easy a game as you're going to get against basically what Brashad Paraman and I, I guess Mims like <laughs> this is uh as easy a receiving matchup as you'll get so plus Joe Flacco is throwing uh so it's um you just have to nail this one if you're the secondary obviously if you're the defensive line uh it's got to be but uh, you know obviously Bosa being back Ingram so we'll see that tandem and see if Ingram can finally register a sack on the season. Uh, I, I'd love to see that just uh, for him. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been kind of screaming it on this podcast, but Morin Wosu, um, you know, he's kind of been MIA the last couple games. And, you know, as, while Bosa being out has been a factor, uh, it's, it's just tough uh, when, you know, you're not putting – and Wosu on the field, and he's kind of proven to be better than Ingram this year. Um, so it, it's it's tough that they're not putting him out there. Um, but yeah, big key is obviously the run game, uh, even though they're you know guarding Frank Gore. Um, and and last thing I'll say regarding defense, uh, they they got to figure out what's going on with the linebackers because Denzel Perriman, uh, as much as I love him. 
should not be the best linebacker on the team uh, from <laughs> no. week to week consistently. Uh, I mean, he's an awesome uh, veteran, awesome depth piece. Uh, but I feel like this is the game where you need to see more from Kaiser White. You need to see yeah. more from Kenneth Murray. Um, and it's just not going to work out, I think, in the long term if you have to see Denzel Perriman carry this linebacker group week after week after week. And I'd, li- I'd like to see those uh, young guys in the linebacker core get more comfortable towards the end of the season uh, and get on a bit of a run. And then, obviously, you add back uh, Drew Tranquil next year and uh, any other pieces that they do to uh, firm, back, uh, firm up that second level. So that's that's just what I want to see in this game from a defensive uh, perspective. Yeah, I think the linebacker thing is spot on. Gus Bradley mentioned today that he they feel like Kenneth Murray is maybe thinking a little too much, which I can definitely, uh, you know, it, it lines up on tape. And, and you know, unfortunately for for him, I just think that they might be giving him a little too much in terms of being the play caller and in terms of being, uh, you know, the guy who has to get everybody lined up correctly. And so I think, you know, if you give Denzel Perryman some more snaps, make him the play caller and just let Kenneth, you know, do his thing and roam around, I think that would, that would benefit everybody involved. And, you know, this is, they should have, the linebackers should have had two interceptions last week because Denzel Perryman dropped one and Kenneth Murray dropped one, had one go right through his hands. So, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Kenneth Murray really, you know, have some splash plays. I feel like the last time he really made his presence felt was in new Orleans when he had that fourth down stop. So it's been a, it's he's definitely hit his rookie wall, which is to be expected. It happens to everyone. Um, but I, you're right. I think this is a much needed game for Kenneth and Kaiser white who uh, Gus Bradley said that they feel like Kaiser is kind of settling into, into his role and learning and, and, you know, he hasn't been getting beaten coverage as much, which has been nice to see. So you're right. Definitely a good spot for uh, for this linebacker group to kind of bounce back. And, you know, the the, the safeties, Nasir Adderley and Rayshon Jenkins, one of them has to make a play. I just think, you know, both of them have similar issues with taking good angles and tackling. I think Nasir's uh, are obviously more. Um, more noticeable because he is the free safety. But I think both of these guys, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Flacco loves to take shots deep and he loves to show off that arm. So uh, I think one of those guys probably has to get an interception this week or, you know, some pass breakups and, and make their presence felt as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, when, you, when we talk about this year, it's just been tough this season because we, we want to see him be good. Uh, we want to see him be great. Uh, it, it just hasn't panned out. And he was everyone's favorite uh, rookie coming into the year. Um, I guess technically second year, but really, really rookie coming into this pandemic year. So definitely just with him, it's, it's he kind of does um, play the ball relatively well. It's just like tightening up the angles is just so important. Uh, right. And, it, you know, unless you do that, it's just so tough to play uh, free safety. So, um, I, you know, we'll see if they ever decide to move around things. I don't think they will, barring an injury. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely think I'd love to see Nasir and Rayshon just have one really great game. <laughs> and yeah. Just please beat the Jets, please. I'm just <laughs> asking you to beat the Jets. You can go three and thirteen. Just, just finish this one, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I was uh, writing an article for uh, the LAFB network today, and and I decided to revisit the. Uh, for some reason unknown to myself, I decided to revisit the 2016 Browns game, and uh, the circumstances of that game and this game with the Jets are very very similar. Um, in that game, they were on a three game losing streak. Chargers currently on a three game losing streak. You know, the coach was on the hot seat. Coach is currently on the hot seat. So there's a, there were a, uh, there are a lot of similarities between those two situations. Obviously, the 2016 game with the Browns was week 14. Yeah, no, week 15. So that one was a little different. But um, I, I'm hoping that this this is not a repeat situation for this team because um, you know Daniel Popper mentioned in his Q and A that. If this team loses to the Jets, then I think uh, Anthony Lynn's job is uh, all but done for. Um, I would hope so. If they lose to the Jets, <laughs> I, I, I still feel like there's this aroma in the air, or I guess I should say stench uh, in the air of, you know, running it back because, you know, Lynn Telesco did get Herbert. Um I would hope I'm wrong, and I, I hope they do change up the coaching in the offseason. But I just don't feel like Anthony Lynn's in the hot seat right now, and I feel like we haven't heard a lot about it. Um, I, I feel like if there was some kind of real smoke behind that one, that we that we kind of would have heard about it. I mean, you know, ESPN week, was it week six, I think, did their whole, um, you know, coach's hot seat and Anthony Lynn was the Chargers were one and four at the time. And there, there was really nothing on, you know, Anthony Lynn being on the hot seat at the time. And, you know, he was viewed as kind of not close uh, to the hot seat by ESPN reporters. Maybe that's changed. Um, but we haven't really heard a lot of smoke behind it. And obviously I know uh, a lot of people do want him fired, uh, but I don't, know if I'm fully confident that that's really going to happen, especially if there is some kind of uh, second half of the season run. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't think that a firing is likely at this point, you know, barring a like Jets blowout this week. I think that would kind (laughs) of be the, (laughs) the last straw, but you know, this team is getting healthy at quote unquote, the right time, right? You know, Trey Turner came back, Brian Belaga came back, Joey Bosa is healthy. So, you know, Chris Harris is coming back. Austin Eckler is coming back. And while I don't think it's likely, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see this team rattle off, you know, three, four wins in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I don't want to say save their season because they're not going to the playoffs, but no, you know, I think this team certainly has the talent to get to six and 10 at this point. And, uh, and that definitely would not surprise me if that were the case. So um, definitely remains to be seen. Definitely a lot of season to play out. And I know a lot of Chargers fans, including myself, want to see some changes made. Um, I think maybe we could get a defensive coordinator change uh, in the offseason. I, I think that probably is the one. Um, and the special teams, which I was going to mention them. But yeah, in terms of winning this game, if the special teams could just have like one or two penalties and like not destroy the game, like that would be fantastic. <laughs> But, you know, this special teams unit is struggling in a bad way right now. So let's get to our predictions for this game. Uh, Alex, I guess, you know, if you want to give like a confidence meter and then like your prediction, uh, let's start with those two things and then kind of see how that conversation goes. (laughs) 
Um, so I guess prediction, I would say Chargers, uh, 30, Jets, 17. Um, confidence meter, 65%. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm... I do think they'll win the game. I, I think it's more a question of margin. Are they going to get into kind of like a the, the style of game that the Patriots got into with the Jets, where it's kind of like back and forth affair till the end? If they get into that, um, then I don't feel as confident just because we've seen right. <laughs> week after week of the Chargers uh, not doing well in those kind of games. So uh, that would concern me. I don't think the Jets have enough offensive firepower to score in this one, and the Chargers are at least playing with a lot of their key defensive pieces, as we talked about with the the Patriots. The Patriots have missed you know so many uh, guys uh, due to COVID and opting out before the year, um, so I think that that has caused them some defensive trouble this year. So I, I think the Chargers will be better as a unit against the Jets than the Patriots were, um, but. I, I do have some concerns in this game if Joe Flacco gets a little bit hot and just makes the throws he needs to make. Um, uh, I'm less concerned with Frank Gore, but I also wasn't concerned with Salvin Ahmed <laughs> going into the Dolphins yeah. game. And Salvin Ahmed decided to have a coming out party. So it's... I, I don't think the Jets offense will do a lot, but they don't necessarily need to do it ton i think to remain competitive uh they weren't awesome against the patriots in a lot of ways but still you know you hit a deep ball to brashad perriman you hit a deep ball uh, to some of the other receivers and you know it, it's about uh limiting the big play in this one because i don't think the jets are going to put together consistent drive after consistent drive after consistent drive but what they can do is uh, especially what joe flacco has shown to do uh, at some parts of his career uh, is hit that one big play that makes it a different game, right? So that that's what concerns me more uh, than the overall defense. The Chargers offense, um, they struggled last week. If, if you don't roll in this one, then I guess it's just never going to come together this year. Um, but, you know, this, this is an offense in need of a bounce back game from how sloppy last week was, both with uh, Herbert and the receivers not getting separation. If you can't get separation on a team that just cut Pierre this year, there's lingering issues <laughs> that we have to talk <laughs> about. Um, so, yeah, it, the offense should, under no circumstances, I think, in this game, score less than 25 points. Like, you, you have to, uh, at, at the very least, put up, I, I think, four touchdowns worth of points and, and show that you can get uh, those points on the board. Whether it's, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, the running game, whatever you want to do, the offense has to put up points in this game uh, to rebound from last week and the fact that they're playing the Jets. <laughs> um, so that's just kind of my take on that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, this team really needs to bounce back offensively, and uh, I think it's a good spot for them. But then again, you know, they've been in some good spots recently and, and it hasn't worked out quite as well as we would hoped. Um I think they should be able to get to 30. I really do. You know, I, the Jets secondary is just a mess right now. And, and really outside of, um, what's his name? Uh, Taylor Mays. They don't really have any positive playmakers back there. 
So I, I just think that Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, they're in a really good spot this week. It's just a matter of do the coaches trust Justin Herbert to, you know, push the ball down the field and, and make some plays this week, or is it going to be a run oriented offense again, which, you know, I think would be a huge mistake this week. And, um, I think you're spot on about the deep ball. I think Prashad Perryman and Denzel Mims, like that's the one thing that I know that they can do is stress the field and, and, you know, get past the defense. So, you know, we saw Casey Hayward struggle a little bit with uh, Nelson Aguilar and uh, Hunter Renfro. That obviously cannot be the case this week if they're going to win. So I agree on your uh, confidence meter as well. I feel like in the 60, 60, 60 to 65% uh, range as well. Um, in my lafb article i i predicted 31 to 23 so i think that the chargers will cover um the uh 8.5 wait would that be covering no that wouldn't be covering. No. Uh, math is hard you guys i'm smart i, I promise <laughs> uh, but you know i i think the chargers should win relatively easily i don't think that this is going to be a multiple touchdown win game i could certainly see it happening um but, you know, I just don't know if I have enough confidence in the Chargers secondary to, uh, you know, keep Joe Flacco and company uh, at bay. I, th- I think, you know, if, if there is a game for this team to figure it out and, and get multiple turnovers and hold a team under 20, it's this one, right? You know, the Jets yeah. offense under Joe Flacco is just it's not great. They don't have enough consistency to, you know, uh, have long sustained drives if they're going to beat you or make it interesting, it's through the deep ball, and that's almost it. So, you know, this is a get-right game for both sides, and uh, I think the Chargers will ultimately come out on top. Alex, any other thoughts before we wrap up today's show? So, yeah, when it comes to uh, the spread, I'm going to say that the Chargers will win by 13, but I'm going to hedge that by betting on Jets plus 9. Um, <laughs> real dollars. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Just... I need to see this team really finish a team first. So we'll see what happens there. Um, But confidence interval in the Jets, relatively high. Confidence interval in Justin Herbert uh, and his haircuts, 0%. (laughs) So bad, man. I was (laughs) was talking to Brooke about his haircut, and it would have been one thing if he went to an actual, like, legit barber and, like, had it done. The fact that he got his hair cut by the strength and conditioning coach and just (laughs) – it, it was a poor decision, and uh, yeah, I guess I shouldn't expect anything less because you know he doesn't really care about how he looks, and you know that's cool with me. I don't care about how he looks either, as long as he's out there balling out. You know, I could care less about his haircut, and you know we just had Philip Rivers for 15 years, and he never cared about his haircut, and wore bolo ties to press conferences from from time to time. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Chargers quarterbacks just don't care how they look, and and that's fine with me. Yeah, uh, they don't care about how they look, but you know. We have other players on the team that look pretty, pretty good and, and don't get their haircut by the strength and conditioning coach. So, <laughs> you know, I, I did think it was funny that Trey Turner said he was uh, a, quote, cool on that one when it came to yeah. a haircut from John Lott, uh, who is the human embodiment of a thumb. Uh, so, <laughs> I, Like from uh, Spy Kids? Yeah. It's... Um, yeah, so it, we had to get our Justin Herbert hair conversation in uh, at some point in this pod. But, uh, yeah, definitely think that Justin Herbert will need to overcome that this week. Uh, you got to keep yourself in the rookie of the year race. Uh, keep yourself in the lead. 
and don't let this haircut bring you down. Yeah, his, I mean, not that it matters to him, but uh, his his average yards per game has dipped under 300. So shame on him. <laughs> but uh, definitely needs to get that back up if you, if you uh, want well, to. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of shame on shame for you yes. giving it 23 times to kill the wash. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I don't totally blame Justin Herbert for that, other than the, the pick to Xavier Howard, but. It, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to see him, you know, sling the ball. Let's get a 400 yard game, five touchdowns. Oh. Let's, let's do the thing. <laughs> yeah. If it were me, listen, I don't know anything about coaching the NFL. I, I, I've been coaching middle school football for a couple of years, but, uh, and it, football to me is simple. You let your best and any sport for that matter, you let your best player, you put him in a position to succeed or her, depending on the sport. And, uh, you know, you just, you let him roll. And, and to me, like if I'm coaching the Chargers right now, I'm letting Justin Herbert take a ton of d- deep shots. I'm letting him do a lot of RPOs, make it a little more simple. You don't need to do all these max protect situations and get him out in space. Let him use his legs a little bit more. And I just think the Chargers coaching staff is making it a little too complicated the last couple of weeks. So uh, I just think simplify it a little bit more. Let Justin do his thing. Let him throw 35, 40, 45 times a game if you have to. And I think that's the recipe for success for this team. And hopefully they figure it out and, and can win some games. I, I know that I would love if they got Panay Sewell at the top of the draft, but ultimately I think it's more important for this team to get some positive momentum going into next year. And, you know, you're, we're recording this right during Thursday night football, right? And, and the Arizona Cardinals won four of their last five games last year and clearly have, taking that momentum into this season. They're six and three right now. So to me, that's kind of what the Chargers should be looking for. I don't not necessarily saying that they have to, you know, get back to 500 or anything like that. Obviously that would be a a tough task, but just get some wins, get some positive momentum and take that into next season. And I think ultimately that would be considered a win for where they're at right now. Yeah. And you can wind up at the eighth or ninth pick and take my guy, Caleb Farley. I mean, you, you, can still do, you, can, you can still do it. So I'm going to, you know, last year was the season of Simmons propaganda, uh, and it didn't work out, uh, unfortunately. Or, well, fortunately, because they got Herbert. Uh, but for my narrative, it didn't work out. So I have to find a new player once we figure out the Chargers' official draft position, uh, <laughs> and I will be writing propaganda specifically about that one player. So we'll have to figure out who that is this year. So... Uh, once week 17 rolls around might have a clearer picture on that yeah absolutely and uh you know we'll cross that bridge when we get there so that'll do it for us today guys make sure and check out our mock draft video on youtube if you haven't already uh we did also upload the audio on, on the podcast platforms as well so definitely a good chance for you guys to kind of hear about some of the prospects that we are liking right now uh and you know i know that's kind of the talk of the town right now so there, you know, we talked about like 30 or 40 prospects in that, in that segment. So definitely check that out. Um, that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next time. See ya. Nobody builds 5g like Verizon builds 5g because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5g, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network.
Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 